the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and everywhere you get your podcasts on a man. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like and come and join us in the chat, a.k.a. the Cover 3 tailgate, which has been rocking and rolling. Lots of conversation. Look, congratulations to John Shire, hometown kid. Duke Blue Devils getting a win in Chicago uh, over Michigan State. Uh, Sorry, Tom, you go big eyes on that? I mean... This is the wrong show to be talking about this. This is not the I Am College Basketball Podcast. I'm First of all, you, we talk about Illinois on this show, so we can't be the eye on college basketball I, podcast. Yeah, that's true. Well, listen, if the ghost of Tom Fernelli uh, decides to uh, make another appearance, you know, he missed, missed and uh, missed dearly. But the reason why I provide that update is that as we are live, if you are catching this with us live, you're going to be watching the results as we rot, watch the results. Normally, if it's a seven o'clock release, we're jumping on after, we've got everything locked and loaded. But look, the, we want to be in the moment with you for this one-off that we get during all the college football playoff rankings releases, this one between uh, the two games of the Champions Classic. So as we start, we have not seen them so far. Danny Cannell, rocking the Florida State. You are sensing that Florida State might be at the topic, one of the two to three biggest topics of conversation um, what what are we sen- what are we sensing in terms of what might come from the committee? Last week was boring, right? It was the what one through nine, no movement, and then of one course, through eight, we'll no see- movement. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, uh, we'll see Penn State move, right? They're going to move on out. Um, and then I do think I think without question, I will be shocked if Georgia doesn't do- uh, jump Ohio State. And then. I don't know. I thought last week Florida State was going to drop. I feel like they're hanging on a thread. Maybe it's next week, but I really feel like the committee, by their rankings, will view a win over Utah 
as better and more of a resume builder than Florida State beating Miami. If they don't, I would expect maybe next week because Florida State has North Alabama if they wanted to ding them then. Um, but then you said something, Chip, that resonated with me after last week's rankings. You were talking about the the gap and like the totals, the points, and like where they're grouped. Where maybe if they still see that, and if there is that significant, maybe that's what we see more of is that gap close. But I am preparing myself mentally for Florida State to drop. Florida State would probably hold on to their spot if they had a better receiver than Marvin Harrison, but they don't. Um, I think the funniest... I mean, playing against all those white DBs in the Big Ten, I would hope he's tearing them up. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I, um, I, I think the funniest possible outcome is that, just like last week, everything stays exactly the same except instead this week they make us wait later for the rankings put them between two games and then when the one game does end this sob send it to commercial break instead of going <laughs> right to the ranking show. but no i i agree with i i think that georgia i wouldn't be surprised at all if they pass ohio state for number one because ohio state killed michigan state but it was michigan state and georgia has now won back-to-back games against you know quality opponents and I think Mizzou is legitimately good. I don't think Ole Miss is as good as its ranking suggests, but I also think Ole Miss is a good team. So I think that even though they don't have the quote-unquote top 10 wins that Ohio State had, because now Penn State's no longer going to be a top 10 team, Notre Dame has just kind of, you know, it's still good, but it's fallen by the wayside a bit. I think you have, the resume no longer holds up as well. And I do think that Florida State is kind of hurt by LSU not being great and not in Duke kind of falling off, you know, with the Riley Leonard injury and then Washington's adding wins over, you know, a Utah team that frankly isn't as good as its ranking suggests but deserves to be ranked as high as it was. So if they do continue that kind of resume-based approach, I do think there's a decent shot that Washington passes Florida State. So – when there was a time, maybe like three, four weeks ago, where Washington's win over Arizona was a red flag. Mm-hmm. And now I think Washington's win over Arizona is one of the reasons why Washington will potentially jump Florida State. It's because about looking, to be a top 20 win. I mean, yeah, you're looking at Oregon, Utah, Arizona. Whoa. And all Florida State has is the LSU win to bring to the table in terms of, um, you know, they sit down and they use their own committee rankings from the week prior. You mentioned that Notre Dame win. Notre Dame at 20, Penn State at 10. What does Georgia have? Ole Miss at 9, Missouri at 14. Like the the top quality wins, like those arguments about Georgia hasn't played anybody, it's starting to fall apart because not only are they playing everybody, but in the most like trickeration method, they also are playing their best football against their best opponent. Shout out to Kirby Smart and that staff because they have done a good job of making sure that this team is peaking at the right time. I don't know if that was intentional or just the way the season has gone, but all eyes are on the dogs, and as they are playing their best opponents, they are playing some of their best football. But see, that's the benefit of their schedule. They had a preseason to get better. Yep. You know, like, and that's and good for them. And I know the Oklahoma game was canceled, but that is hugely beneficial, especially breaking a new quarterback who's been awesome. But if they play somebody, you know, a top 12, let's say they had played Oklahoma 
instead of that game. What was that supposed to be? Week two or three? And let's say Carson Beck struggles, throws a couple of picks, like, or they lose that game. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden it totally changes the complexion of the season. The fact that they were able to like play kind of ugly, win games, even start South Carolina ugly, Auburn ugly, but they're able to win. They just keep building. Then they start rolling. It's been huge for them. Good news for Florida State. LSU is a top 15 win. Tigers climbed four spots for beating the Gators. The um, the other the Ohio State being number one at the beginning made total sense when the only games that we had was Ohio State's wow. game so far. But there have been no results since the college football playoff rankings were released that have helped Ohio State. Mizzou over Louisville. Mm-hmm. They love the SEC. Here we go. We're doing this again. Quality losses. Jeez. I mean, to be fair, they, they beat Georgia better well, than no, anybody. No, they lost that? LSU. They, yeah. they beat Kansas State. They played State. them quality loss. Mm-hmm. But, and they did, they did pretty well against Georgia, to their credit. So it's I mean, Tennessee. They did, they did boat race Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they beat Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they've got this. surprised they had them over Louisville. Louisville basically just has Notre Dame. Yeah. I mean, it's an ugly loss. That loss is bad. 17 point loss to Pitt is ugly. Pitt, as opposed to being like, oh, we lost to Georgia and LSU, and the LSU game was a shootout, one score shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Show us Texas at seven so we can just move on. There we go. Yeah. All right. Yeah. There ain't going to be no movement. <laughs> yeah. Just um, go fast, Reese. Come on. Roll through those bad boys. I think Alabama should be ahead of Texas. Not right now, but like that was week two. This is a different football team right now. I think. Why, then if we're going to do that, why don't we say like LSU was a different team for Florida State? Like mm-hmm. that was a better win. Like that's where this whole process drives but me That's nuts. not changing. Like we're not debating whether LSU or Florida State should be ahead of each other. I'm saying if it comes down to number four, you know, right. we're talking about 12 and one against 12 and one. I can't go head-to-head on that. Those are different football teams. You're ready to screw over Texas and say, sorry, you guys went to Tuscaloosa, took that risk of Beat potentially losing that game, and lost by double digits? Mm-hmm. You, can't, you, can't, you can't crush Texas there. And it's also like a situation, too, where you can put them behind Texas for now until Texas loses or whatever, but then if Alabama wins out and beats Georgia, then you move them out of Texas. Like, right, and that's, right. I, that's what I was spinning forward is like 12-1 and one Alabama against 12-1 and one Texas. I was going head-to-head with our um, bowl projections expert on CBS Sports Network today, and I, I was like, look, if Alabama goes to Atlanta and beats Georgia to be the 12-1 and one SEC champ, they're in. You know what you should have said. You should well, have Texas said Texas has to be in too. Then, oh, right? and then and then he threw to me. He was like, "Then then maybe they won't either. Neither team gets in because they'll respect <laughs> the head to head." I was Screw like, yeah. "Both." Yeah, yeah. I was like, and I just gave him one of these. I was like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that Alabama beats Georgia and Texas, and neither of them are going to be in." Okay, all right, okay. Here's the argument: You just say Alabama beating Georgia and Atlanta is more impressive than beating Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's just the way it is. Anyways, Oregon at six, Washington at five. It's going to be the same thing. You don't think they'll jump Georgia? Maybe, uh, but it's still the same top four. Yeah, they've set the precedent. Maybe maybe they're just like, hey, win out. Maybe they're kind of a newer mindset that's, hey, hold serve, and you're fine as long as you win. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that's hard to figure out with these committees because they have new people on them. We'll see what happens after North Alabama. That could kind of tank the SOS. Yeah. 
Wow. Just show us the four. Yep, Florida you know, State at four. Talk about how surprised they were that Florida State is going to be at four. There you go. Put it in. No surprise at three. All right, now here we go. Now, now let's flip to the other side. Washington's getting screwed. Are you kidding me? You've beaten <laughs> Oregon. You've beaten Utah. You've beaten Arizona. Uh. Do you think we've gotten to a place where we're just more like because we've seen how much this usually works itself out? Like if you're Washington. Like if Florida State had dropped, I would just tell Florida State went out. I say Washington right. went out, and you're in. Mm-hmm. So I think people are more okay with that. No, there there is one truly chaos scenario, and we just know in our heads it's not going to happen because college football is not going to finish with like that many undefeated teams, right? And potentially that many one loss teams. Like we're doing all the one loss teams too. They usually work themselves out. One two more weeks plus conference championship too. Leave Georgia too. This for most Georgia. conferences, Big Ten, not really. What's Leave Georgia too for the Lowells, please, <laughs> please. Just show us <laughs> who has the fastest stream. <laughs> Ready? Say it whenever you see it. I think I think Tom does. I'm pretty sure he's. Yeah, yeah, Tom, Tom states it too. Georgia's yes. number one. Yes. There we it's go. It's good though. I think they got it right. It's about time. Yeah. Nobody thought Ohio State was one. I don't have a problem with that too, but. George has looked the part. Oh, man. Two and three, Ohio State versus Michigan. Thank God we finally get that game. <laughs> All right. Does that, does Ohio State dropping to two make it? Well, I mean, like if you were really making a case for Ohio State and the Big Ten to get two teams in, does it matter where they start? Like, is that, does that hurt their chances if Ohio State loses to Michigan that they would drop from two out of the four as opposed to one out of the four? I don't think it matters. I think more than what's going to matter more than anything is what happens everywhere else. Yeah, I agree. Like, if Texas is a one loss, if Oregon comes back and avenges Washington or Washington is undefeated, like if there are other one loss conference champions, I don't think it's going to matter what where you were. I think Ohio State or Michigan, the loser gets left out. And they should. Um, 12 and one Oregon against 11 and one loser of Ohio state, Michigan is problematic. Whether you're number two, number three, you know, wherever in that, especially with Oregon being able to trot out those famous words, we beat everybody on our schedule. Also we're conference champions. And that yeah. sh- that's supposed yeah. to matter as a tiebreaker kind of situation. What and it doesn't always like, do it though. And it feels like we're going to have at least four and potentially five really qualified, solid resume conference champs. Because if it's Texas, they got a solid non-com win against Alabama. If it's Florida State, they got a solid non-conference win against LSU. If it's Pac-12, they've been pretty solid. You know? Washington's non-con, who was theirs? Michigan State. It was Michigan State, State. Yeah. yeah. It's not a good game. They can't hold it against them. That was supposed to be a much better game than it was. Although, common opponent, what was there? 41 7. All right. (laughs) You ready ready for my my nonsense overreaction take to this set of rankings? Especially one that shouldn't even matter because the response is doesn't matter, Chip. They're going to play each other in less than two weeks. Why are you mad about this? You ready? Michigan should be ahead of Ohio State. 
because the college football playoff selection committee says that common opponents is something they look at. And how many common opponents do Ohio State and Michigan have? One, two, three, four. And in every single game, Michigan has outscored the opponent more than Ohio State has. Now, the margins are small in Penn State. Nine points Michigan, eight points Ohio State. Small in with Rutgers, 24 points Michigan, 19 points Ohio State. But against those two worst teams in the common opponents, Michigan beat Indiana by 45, Ohio State by 20. Michigan beat Michigan State by 49, Ohio State by 35. Michigan has beat the the common opponents in a way, and this is the thing, is what do you want the really good teams to do? When you play a bad team, you crush them. You just blow them out. Like the national championship quality teams, they just dog walk the worst teams on their schedule. Four common opponents for Michigan and Ohio State. Michigan has performed better than Ohio State and all of them and blown out the bad teams by more. I I mean it's that backs up what my eyes tell me that Michigan is a more complete team than Ohio State. How many how much did Michigan beat Notre Dame by? Huh. That didn't matter. No, I'm saying they, they didn't, didn't play. play that yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> the difference. Ohio State has the Notre Dame win. Michigan doesn't. They've both got the wins over Penn State, but Ohio State has another premium win. Michigan just doesn't. I agree. Michigan's better. If you put them on the field right now and had them face off, I think Michigan wins and probably wins by about 10. But they'll have to pass. So I think they can. They've been passing all year. They no, do have to pass <laughs> against Penn State. I'm saying that is a compliment oh, to Ohio State. I got you. Like got they'll you, actually got you. have to pass to beat them. <laughs> um, That's another thing. I mentioned this on Twitter too. There's everybody's like sharing the Michigan finished the game with 32 straight runs. No, they didn't. There was a PI call. Exactly. So officially it was 32 straight runs, but they threw. So it was, it was more like 20 and 12. I'm just asking you to get the facts. Straight At what well. point do you think they were like, let's just keep running it? Like we haven't had to throw it. Like, do you think it was like after 10 runs, after 15 <laughs> runs, like where you're just like, let's just not throw it again. We don't have to. I mean, I, I think they came to the realization early in the second half that, you know what, this team just isn't going to score on us. Yeah. Unless we let them. And once they realized that, they were just like, all right, we can just keep handing it off because they're not going to catch us. Can I express a beef with something I heard today? You tell sure me if you guys agree. So I think it was Dinich on ESPN. She was talking about Boo Corrigan said, somebody referred and said the committee, if Michigan lost without Jim Harbaugh, that they would they would consider that as a potential, you know, just like they would a hurt quarterback. Or a hurt a defensive lineman, like a player was hurt. But didn't they also say that they weren't going to get anything off the field? Like anything that's happened? Is that not like an, is that a, some sort of oxymoron or something that what they just said? Like, I don't know how that works. Cause so, they, they were saying, like, yeah, if, if Michigan lost to Ohio State without Jim Harbaugh, you'd have to take that consideration because maybe he'd be the difference and they'd win. You know, like, where they would maybe not hold it as bad. One of my early years covering college football for CBS Sports, um, you know, spent spent some time with uh, Mr. CFB, Tony Barnhart. You know, a lot of like we would just sort of get end up getting linked up on a lot of the same circuits. And one thing that he always used to say, and this was in the I think this was definitely in the BCS era. Maybe even we were talking about the future of college football playoff, like what might be coming down the road. And I remember Tony B would be like, the people who run this sport, 
they want things to be, and then he would like stop and put an emphasis. And I don't want to like put on the accent because I don't want to mock him because I found it important. He's like, they want it to be flexible. <laughs> and what I think is that when Boo Corrigan's talking out of both sides of his mouth, he's leaving as much wiggle room as possible because the people that run this sport would like to have flexibility to defend whatever choice that they make in the end. And that's that's kind of what comes to mind when I hear that because when Boo Corgan said that's an NCAA problem, not a college football playoff program, college football playoff problem, that was in the wake of ban them from the playoff talk. Mm-hmm. And it kind of seems like that's died down a little bit, right? Like now that we've got yeah. it, well, because there was uncertainty of what was going to happen. Big 10 comes down and says suspended rest of the year. And we're going to litigate out the rest of that, you know, in court on Friday, but we're not, we're not having public outcries for the college football playoff to take leadership in the situation and ban them from the playoff in the way that when it was just all nebulous and uncertain that I think you were starting to hear from some fans and maybe others within the sport. See the biggest winner of the night, the, Offensive juggernaut known as the Iowa Hawkeyes up six spots with a win over Rutgers, a 22 nothing shutout. That committee's watching tape. Man, they are watching Deacon Hill and they are sold. They are saying, We have seen enough. Six spots. They skyrocketed in there. Oh my I mean, goodness. That's how, like, I understand why, but like if you if you're North Carolina, you 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 feel like super disrespected because Iowa is 16th because they simply went with like you know one loss, two loss teams, and then they got to their you know run of three loss teams. But it goes you know Oklahoma's two, then they move LSU up even though they've got three losses because of their wins, and then it's Iowa, and then it's a bunch of three loss teams, and then North Carolina in the middle of all those three loss teams. So. Technically, the Virginia and Georgia Tech losses count as one and a half each. That's Look, the math that I've learned. As as I told the Dodd father, any time that you can beat a third-string quarterback, future hedge fund manager, Grayson Loftus, you have to shoot up in the rankings. Five <laughs> <laughs> two points in overtime. Anytime you can do that. I mean, they are the biggest mover in this mm-hmm. thing. Besides Oklahoma State, why? I mean, at Oklahoma State, I was on the wagon. That's for sure. That was a – we didn't do – the stock – that was Black Monday for for day trader Danny. That was a rough day after the crash. All the all of Oklahoma State. And there was a couple other ones on there too. All right. Hey, well, let's, hey, let's, let's hit a break. We'll come back. We'll get to some of the, the back half of, uh, of the rankings as such. Coming up on the other side – we mentioned Oklahoma State. We mentioned Iowa. How do the moving pieces outside of the top 10 impact the top 10? We'll get into that and more next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The chilling new original docuseries on Paramount+. Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and $15,000 a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. All right, so if you are listening at home, you probably already know Oklahoma State as referenced. They are at number 23, uh, North Carolina at 21, Iowa up at 16, Arizona moves up to number 17, Tennessee falls to 18. Uh, What from the back half of that rankings? Utah, very important, lost, but still inside the top 25 there at number 22. Um, What what from, let's say, outside of the top 10 was interesting uh, to y'all? I mean, Iowa jumping all those spots is interesting to me. But again, I mean, I, I appreciate it because at least it'll give Illinois a top 20 win. <laughs> Something we have talked about like a thousand times, though, just to hammer it home is like they dropped five spots because they got their butts kicked by Missouri. But again, why does Tennessee continue to hang on to like a top 20 spot? Because they have Georgia this weekend. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, a in. Yeah. Also, they're just throwing us a bone. I don't know. It's just. It's, yeah, 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 that's. I mean, there's there there is no CFP and on reason for, for for Tennessee to hang on. Again, but I'm going to go over. You. I'm going to go over Tennessee's resume one more time. Its wins are Virginia, mm-hmm. Austin P, UTSA, hey, South Carolina. Is- that is the no, American that, athlete. That conference. might be their best win. Yeah, South Carolina, Texas A&M, Kentucky, and UConn. They have, <laughs> they have played two ranked teams in Alabama and Missouri. Both are on the road, so that needs to be considered. But they haven't stuck, stuck within 14 points of either of them. They lost to Florida on the road by 13. So all three of their losses have been on the road. So you give them some credit for that. But they weren't close losses. They were outclassed in all three of those games, and they haven't really beaten anybody that is worthy of being considered a top 20 team. It it happens every week, and I feel like they're still basing this team or ranking this team on what happened with it last year, and it's just not nearly the same team. They should have them right next to Utah. Yeah. They're very similar. And Utah doesn't get the benefit of what they've done the last two years. Back-back Pac-12 champs, they don't get the benefit. I'm not saying Utah is very good, but I think they should drop Tennessee right next to Utah. Yeah, very Utah, similar. Utah doesn't have a Florida loss. Utah's losses are Washington, Oregon, and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. There's no bad losses there. No, I mean, granted, and they beat Florida. They right. they like Tennessee. Oh yeah, and they beat. I was gonna say they like yeah. Tennessee. Don't have a a big ranked win right now, but um, yeah, can't can't defend that one. Uh, in Anything else from uh, from the back half that uh, that stands out? It's nothing egregious. No. Um, 
That was interesting. Tulane had the close call against Tulsa. It was not very good, so they docked him a spot, dropped him. I'm okay with it. Yeah, they're clearly just kind of waiting to see who ends up winning the American, and they're going to get that spot in all likelihood. Because that's like you don't see Liberty, you don't see you know any Mountain West teams, so it's clearly it, you, you you can't help but think the American is going to get the G five spot no matter what. Unless all of a sudden we get some eleventh hour drama with NCAA saying that James Madison is eligible. Right. True, but. Yeah, I maybe. We'll see. But I don't know if they're going to look at them the same way they look at Liberty. Although they James do. Madison's schedule is much more difficult than Liberty, but they might just dismiss it. Because they really don't seem to have much respect for any G5 outside the American. Yeah. They threw uh, Foxbone, too, FS1, with Kansas still ranked. <laughs> <laughs> they, have, they have better. I think they have better wins than some of the others one. But, That's the thing. When you get down to the bottom end, it's like, all right, well, who would you have ahead of them? You know, and there aren't great options. Kind of like we were there talking about that with Jim Harbaugh. Like, I think they take Jason Bean and Jalen Daniels into consideration there. And that they didn't have either of them and they lost. So, yeah. There's a bone. You get to stick. I saw Bean is supposed to play this week. He got wrecked. Mm -hmm. Surprised he's playing again. That dude's tough. You know, sunflower. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Come on. Let's go. Uh, So, all all this talk about Washington. And they are an underdog yeah. in Corvallis. Yeah. Yeah. Two and a half. It swung four points, right? Didn't they start off as a two and a half point favorite and it came all the way around a two and a half dog? Yeah. And I backed, well, I won't tell you because we have locks coming up, but I did picks with Brady. I backed the Beavs. Brady was <laughs> on uh, Washington. Um, I think their defense is a liability. I mean, I think that's probably the biggest, like, we were on air while Boo Corgan was talking, but I would say the reason they wouldn't jump. Somebody in here said, why isn't Washington up there? I'd say their defense is a liability. You know, that comes the eye test, and you throw out some metrics of just how bad their defense is. I haven't looked recently, but they're in the hundreds of a lot of categories. I will. My prediction, though, is if they go on the road and beat Oregon State, they will pass Florida State next week. Yeah, I think it's fair. North Alabama is going to. Kill them. I mean, shoot, they might trump a couple teams above them. Just to be like, screw you guys. You I, I need you on here next week. I will about remind North everybody. A resume win. I will remind everybody. Florida State's other non-conference games are two SEC teams in Florida and LSU. Nope. So. Nope. You got it. You got to just pump up the North Alabama. Like that is a quality. Whatever <laughs> conference they're in, win. I mean, are that is a good team. Seven, are they three and seven or something? But boy, <laughs> they've been dealing with injuries. You know, it's. <laughs> So it's interesting because I was I was putting all my you know information together, and as much as we dog the SEC, you know that there's not that many games against FCS opponents this weekend. Mm-hmm. But Florida State's got one of them. Oh, don't be bringing us into this. We already played LSU. Dang it! <laughs> don't be bringing us into this one. I, uh, to your point, Danny, of the teams that are undefeated up in the top five. The outlier, undoubtedly, is Washington's defense. You know, like uh, I've I've explained the team sheets before, offense, defense, lots of different stats. All you want is you don't want to be an outlier. You know, you're not all going to be Michigan where it's like everything on the offense and everything on the defense is top four, top four, top four, top four, top four. But just don't be that Washington where all of a sudden, well, your offense is one of the best in the country, your defense is closer to 50. 
Florida State isn't one of the best in the country at either offense or defense, but they're like in that like top 10 to 15 in both of those. Nothing looks bad, but compared to those other teams up in the top five, those other undefeated teams, the the weakest individual unit offense defense is Washington's defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, would Florida State's defense look any different if it was playing the same schedule? <laughs> They shut down Jaden Daniels, maybe the best player, most best player in the country. Those numbers benefit a little bit from playing some uh, less than thrilling ACC offenses. I'll take the ACC offenses over the Big Ten offenses every any day. Not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying, making personal, right? So (laughs) I I think that um, Washington is an inverse Penn State. Ooh, but not an inverse Iowa. Yeah, it's not. Not I, that. I disagree. Yeah. Or USC. I disagree no, with USC. that comment because Penn State's offense at least plays well against non-Ohio State and Michigan teams. Like it, it's you know scoring like thirty some odd points a game against them. Washington's defense isn't stopping anybody, even the bad teams on the schedule. It limits. So it's not as porous as we make. Like if we're grading Washington's defense against the other defenses in the top five, sure. But I mean, are you thinking like because Stanford got to 33? Because Cal got to 32? Like are Mm -hmm. those the games that are almost like more alarming than even like, Mm -hmm. sure, USC was a shootout, but guess what? It's a game with USC. USC. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I was thinking that there might be an overreaction to that, but I, I could. All right, I, I would take that as a, as a, as a good counterpoint there. Yeah, and like you said earlier in the show, like the Arizona game at the time was kind of an eyebrow raiser, but now the further we get away from it, it's like, oh no, they're just good. The Arizona State one is the biggest eyebrow raiser. Yeah, especially because of the pass interference, so they picked up the flag. Yeah. Well, that and the pick six. If they didn't get the pick six, they might have lost. Mm-hmm. You know, they've definitely had some close calls. And Oregon State's offense is good. I mean, like, that's, you know, again, like reframing this, Washington's defense is going to have to play one of its best games of the season to be able to get in and out of Corvallis with a win. Yeah, I, I know earlier this season I saw people making the comparison that like Louisville was this year's TCU and that they were playing like a lot of close games and you know maybe they weren't as good as the other teams but as long as they kept winning I think Washington is this year's TCU is a much better comparison in that they've gotten away with some they have an inability to blow teams out defensively they've can be kind of leaky against really good offenses. I think, I mean, that's, I think that's a much closer comparison. Although obviously Washington has a higher pedigree as a program than TCU does historically. Um, do we want to, uh, it hasn't, I mean, look, that happened. No, no it they didn't. reported that it's expected to happen. It, and who knows? It was like Bruins report or somebody yeah. like that. Do we want to, you want to save it for tomorrow? As I was gonna do, I figured that we would do a little coaching carousel dip, you know, tomorrow in when when we're, before we get to big game breakdown. You want to you want to save that for tomorrow? Yeah, they just think Chip's not ready for the Big Ten or something. 
<laughs> well, I mean, Bill Plasky lit you up in Sunday's column, and that's it. That's a wrap for you in this town, right. buddy. I'm not Did he really. I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. His his Sunday column uh, in the Los Angeles Times, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that he came out of the loss to Arizona State. The that was 15 to seven, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came out of that loss to Arizona State and decided to use his Sunday column, being like, "We got to get Chip Kelly out of here." Hmm. Bill didn't watch the game. Go look at the success rate chart, Bill. UCLA was better. They just lost. It happens. That offense has been yeah, a mess. Been, yeah, the QB situation there is a complete disaster right now. Yeah. I so it's uh the the way that the report was set up, and, and we'll tackle this on Wednesday. Come join us at youtube.com slash cover three, uh, eleven a.m. Eastern time. I think that the way it was set up was somebody running. No, nah, I don't want to criticize the reporting, but the report was written with is expected to happen after USC game. So they are anticipating UCLA will lose. And then after the loss, they're anticipating the administration will make a move. And all of that probably can happen. I mean, it's like me running with Butch Davis fired as a 24-year-old CBS sports reporter without doing enough vetting, but thank God I was right. <laughs> Craig Stanky, rest in peace. Lit my ass up for not following the right journalistic practices. Chip was just one of those damn bloggers making shit up. I was I was still so young that I actually had friends in the locker room. Wow. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, I, again, I don't want to criticize someone else's reporting. It it seems like that is a that is a definite possibility of where this ends. We'll talk about what that would mean and sort of the UCLA job in general um, once once we get the full group back together on Wednesday. And that is a tease. So come hang out Wednesday, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We will get into the latest from the coaching carousel and give you our big game breakdowns, the biggest showdowns for week 12. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fidel. You can follow him at Danny Camille. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. See ya.